My name is Kalyani Menon. Welcome to Making of India's Constitution, produced by constitutionofindia.net. We're happy to have you with us in this journey towards uncovering the people, ideas, and events that shaped the Constitution of India 1950. Through this podcast, we hope to advance a deeper and popular understanding of Indian constitutional and political history. In 1931, thousands of Indians from across the country gathered at the port city of Karachi. Among them were the leaders of India's freedom movement, including Jawaharlal Nehru, Sardar Patel, and Sarojini Naidu, who were promptly garlanded and cheered on by a sea of Indians. The atmosphere was festive and energetic. The Indian National Congress had convened for its 45th session. These sessions were an annual event. bringing together the congress party's rank and file to take stock of recent political developments and to chart out the party's activities for the next year and beyond now these sessions were usually marked by pomp and fervor but there was something different at the karachi session the mood was not all celebratory some sections of the crowd were restless and expressed anger as this archival news report tells us Congress convened under the shadow of Bhagat Singh's execution truly represented the temper of the country at the moment as Gandhi arrived the demonstrators greeted him with black flags and shouts of down with gandhism and long live bhagat singh a large part of the crowd at the session was on edge but why you may have guessed from the chants of bhagat singh in the news report in this episode we look at the karachi resolution of 1931 The Karachi session was held under the background of seismic political events. To the shock of Indians, the British had executed the revolutionary Bhagat Singh and his associates for their role in the Kakori conspiracy case. This was just a week before the Karachi session. Also, Gandhi had just agreed to a pact with the British viceroy Lord Irwin and suspended the civil disobedience movement in return for political concessions. these developments had angered the more radical and socialist leaning members of the congress party and their supporters the atmosphere at karachi before the congress session began was a cocktail of anger hope discontent and excitement after all the congress party leaders arrived they got to work they discussed recent political developments and how the congress should respond at the end of the session the congress passed a resolution on fundamental rights and economic and social change commonly referred to as the Karachi resolution the resolution was a three page document written in a quasi legal style it reiterated the congress party's commitment to obtaining purna swaraj or complete independence for india it declared a bouquet of civil rights for indians that included free speech equality and religious freedom what made the resolution stand out and raise eyebrows was its declaration of socio economic rights for indians The inclusion of such rights was not completely new. The Nehru report had done so in 1928. However, the Karachi resolution was different in that it placed these socio-economic rights as central to India's constitutional and political goals. Also, these rights had a distinct socialist slant. The resolution declared that open courts In order to end the exploitation of the masses political freedom must include the real economic freedom of the starving millions close quote 
It provided constitutional protection for industrial and agricultural workers and declared that the state must own or control key industries and services. The resolution's strong socialist provisions have been the subject of scholarly attention. Who was behind the socialist provisions in the resolution? And how did the Congress leadership agree to include these socialist provisions? We spoke to Professor Kama McLean, author of A Revolutionary History of Interwar India, that engages with these questions. MN Roy um, is back in India during this period. He's been um, ousted from the Comintern. He's estranged from uh, mainstream, you know, uh, Comintern politics. Um, and he's rethinking and reformulating how um, a, a socialist blueprint might best be applied to um, the economy of India, the, the you know, the colonised um, situation. And he writes, he's actually in the habit of writing manifestos and giving them, feeding them through Congress lines, hoping that they will get put up in Congress meetings and accepted. Um, now, in fact, a lot of them um, don't get accepted, but in 1931, he actually manages to get quite a bit of traction. And he does this through a very complicated um, series of, uh, you know, again, what we would now understand as the Congress left connections, who put forward um, a 15-point plan that he, uh, that MN Roy initially frames, which actually explains some of the, um, you know, very progressive and if, if not socialist um, elements of the fundamental rights resolution. Gandhi realises that, you know, the whole point of the Karachi Congress is to put up the Gandhi-Irwin Pact, which he realises that most people are unhappy with, especially because of the hangings of the revolutionaries. And in order to try to, I think, shift that dynamic to try and um, mollify that anger within the Congress movement at the time, he asks Jawaharlal to put the resolution to the vote um, and to, to back it effectively. And the fundamental rights resolution is the quid pro quo in, in that tension. So there appears to be evidence to suggest that the political activist and revolutionary M.N. Roy was behind the socialist provisions. Incidentally, it was M.N. Roy who first mooted the idea of an Indian Constituent Assembly. We also learn from Professor McLean that the Congress adopted the socialism-heavy resolution to mollify Nehru and other left-leaning Congress members in the wake of Bhagat Singh's execution and to also obtain their support for the Gandhi-Irwin Pact. The Karachi Resolution marked a turning point in how Indian political actors viewed the constitutional future of India. The resolution declared loud and clear that a future constitution of India could not simply provide for civil rights and remain silent on the social and economic conditions of Indians. And this is exactly how many Constituent Assembly members felt when they were drafting India's constitution between 1946 and 1950. The chairman of the drafting committee, in a submission to the assembly in 1947, noted that, open quote, time has come to take a bold step and define both the economic structure as well as the political structure of society by the law of the constitution, close quote. Our constitution framers included part four, titled Directive Principles of State Policy, into the constitution. Article 36 of the constitution states that the directive principles are, open quote, 
fundamental in the governance of the country and it shall be the duty of the state to apply these principles in making laws close quote the provisions of part 4 direct the indian state to plan the economic life of indians in a way that did not allow the concentration of wealth among a few and to provide for protections for economically and socially marginalized groups like women children and industrial and agricultural workers Many of these provisions bear a distinct imprint of the Karachi Resolution 1931. By encoding socio-economic principles into the constitution, India's constitution-making project was rather unique. At the time, most constitutions merely provided for civil liberties, but the leaders of India's freedom movement could not ignore the dire social and economic conditions of Indians. The Constitution of India could not remain silent on questions of poverty, disease, and want. The Karachi Resolution 1931 was the first constitutional document that proposed constitutional means to tackle these questions. And so the resolution deserves wide popular understanding and appreciation. India's social and economic conditions are dire even today. The Karachi Resolution 1931 is an apt reminder of the constitutional promises we as Indians made to ourselves and inspire us to work towards the social and economic transformation. of india we hope you enjoyed this episode of making of india's constitution please go through the show notes provided in the description for more content on topics covered in this episode write to constitution of india at clpr.org.in to provide us any feedback on this podcast we'd love to hear from you visit constitutionofindia.net to read search learn and explore the constitution of india 1950 thank you for tuning in